Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hello and welcome to today's show. I am, I'm pumped. I'm always pumped. I'm always excited. I, I really enjoy doing this podcast and I know I probably mentioned that a lot, but I hope that that comes across in the audio. I really do, because I have a lot of fun doing this. I have a lot of fun serving you in this way and and every way that I'm able to serve you with lighting online. And so um, I just love doing this. Um, So enough of that rambling. Um, Really thankful for you here today. It is uh, December 11th when this is going to come out. And today we're starting a uh, two-part series on the complete guide to pixels, LED tape, and custom LEDs part one. All right. So this is going to be kind of a, a, a mix up, kind of a, everything that I've learned over working with custom LEDs, working with pixels, all put into two episodes. There's actually another episode. I'll make sure that we link to it in the show notes that kind of discusses some of the basics of this. And it's an interview I did with some nice folks from NTech back in the summer about getting started with pixels. And while this episode in the next one is going to cover some different things. Um, I, I was just looking over that that podcast and, and it really covers a good, you know, kind of brief overview and, and guide to getting started with pixels. Um, but here in this episode, I'm going to kind of hit some different things, kind of go at it from some different angles. So that one's totally worth listening to, but not required before listening to this episode. Awesome. Now, opening segment here, I just want to talk about um, learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. Um, if you are new here, go to that website. Again, learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. And uh, I just want to send you a free guide to get started with lighting, okay? And also, um, if you are new or if you've been here for a little while, so learnstagelighting.com slash quiz if you're new, um, I want to send you a free guide to get started with lighting and you'll just answer a couple questions, enter your email, and you'll get your free guide. But if you've been around here for a while, Um, I really do appreciate the ratings and reviews, and it helps the show reach more people and continue to grow. So if you have been here for a while, please, please, please review the show. Um, That helps a lot. Remember, this show's free. Um, And uh, Edmon did review it, and I apologize. Um, Something must be going on with with the uh, website that sends me the notifications of the new reviews, because it looks like you reviewed this on October 4th, um, and you wrote, these podcasts should be included in any light training venues. Info is straightforward. Um, I've never submitted a question that wasn't answered. It's great to uh, get my questions about lighting, hardware, software, best practices answered. Thank you, David, for what you do. And then I went over to iTunes and I found um, that SSTMAR wrote a uh, great uh, little review that said, great educational resources, great info, and great, very useful content for a person new to lighting like myself. And so I want you to be like these guys, these folks. Um, I don't know if they're guys. Um, well, Edmond, I think I know who that is. Um, I think I recognize the name. But um, these folks, I, I want you to be like these folks. And um, if you have enjoyed the show, if you've been listening for a minute, if you can go to learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes, it's going to take you to a page where you can click over to iTunes or Stitcher if you're an Android person. And you can leave a review there and uh, just, you know, leave some thoughts, lead something that you learned and uh, give me a a rating as to what you believe um, this podcast deserves. And of course, I really hope that I've earned five stars from you. All right. So let's dive into uh, the main segment, what we're really getting into today. We're going to talk about custom LEDs, pixels, LED tape, 
all that good stuff. You know, pretty much anything outside of the norm of buying a DMX light and plugging it in. So if you've looked at a website like churchstagedesignideas.com, we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes, or you've, you know, opened your eyes out in public, maybe in, you know, a new building going in downtown, or you look at a magazine in this industry like PLSN or um, Lighting and Sound America, or you watch the Super Bowl, (laughs) you see the halftime show, or any big show, it's pretty often that you're going to see some individual LEDs in a strip or some other configuration that has some sort of effects run on it. And you're probably going to say to yourself, wow, that looks cool. Because in my mind, um, and I, I think a lot of people are probably the same way, there's really nothing more fun than building something totally custom, than birthing an idea out of your own head and, you know, bringing it to fruition on the stage and being able to say, I built that. And then also, you know, it looks fresh. It looks different from, from anything else you've had before. And it's reconfigurable. You know, that's the great thing about this stuff. And so I just want to talk about, you know, these different LEDs and, and really what it takes to build something with them and what some of the parts and pieces are that you're going to need, how to control it. So in these two episodes, we're going we're gonna to cover all that stuff. And I think in, in a pretty good amount of depth, because while I've got a boatload of information on my head, in my head on this, I think I can get you a lot of that here in the podcast uh, between these two shows. So with that said, let's start with the basic. Uh, When you're thinking about building, when you're building a custom LED design, you're generally building something where people are looking directly at the LEDs. You know, it's it's a graphical thing. It's something where the LEDs are, are facing the audience, whether directly or at a slight angle. And the effect is that someone is looking at this colored LED and they see it. And then you're able to change the colors, add some movement, run video across it, etc. And the reason why this is generally the case is that LEDs, um, especially bright ones, require a lot of cooling. And so to be able to put LEDs, you know, and build something custom, they're generally a lower powered LED. They're not as high powered as what you might have in an LED par, but they are getting brighter and brighter. So I have seen some cool designs where where people do have the LEDs not pointing directly to the audience, and, and it does look cool. But a lot of the time, especially on a stage where we've got other light coming from other places, we're generally going to have the LEDs pointing right at people, and we might dim them down, we might run them at full, but regardless, they're going to be pointing at folks. And, and, and the effect that we see is... The, the graphical actually seeing the LEDs or seeing them through a diffuser or something like that and, and seeing the physical strip change color, move, etc. All right. So that's that's generally how this is going to work if you're not familiar with it. Um, there's a lot of options as to what you can do there. And I'm going to cover that in the start of the next episode. But today, let's just talk about some different types of LEDs. So A lot of the time, when people think about working with custom LEDs, they say, oh, I'm going to work with some RGB LED tape, okay? And, um, you know, and that's cool. Um, And and that's how I started. That's how I first worked with custom LEDs. But today, we've got a lot of different options. So this, this basic RGB LED tape is 
is basically what it sounds like. It's a strip of, you know, some sort of plastic material that has copper wires built into it and a bunch of LEDs at a, at a given, you know, pixel pitch. They're a given distance apart. And what you do with these, with the basic RGB tape, is you're going to drive it with what's called a DMX decoder, or literally, you're just going to vary the power to them, the DC power, um, to these lights. And in the more power you give it, it'll get brighter, less power, it'll dim down, etc. Pretty simple. This kind of tape, um, the whole strand of tape or however long you wire into one channel of your decoder or whatever your power source is for them um, is all going to be the same color. That whole strip, that whole deal is going to be the same color. You may be able to change that color, but you're not going to get individual control of each LED on um, that tape, okay? Now, this can also be called constant voltage tape. Uh, some folks call it dumb tape because you can only change the entire strand and not individual pixels. So there's some different names for this stuff. And in, in addition, just like with the pixels, if you look out there and you really start looking at stuff, you'll find that, well, tape is the most, uh, I would say the most popular version of these LEDs out there. You can get constant voltage LEDs that are in different form factors uh, other than tape. You know, some different LED dots and things. There's all sorts of options. It's really uh, to the limit of the manufacturer's creativity, um, the people who make this stuff. But in general, RGB especially, you, you see it mostly in a tape format. Now, let's talk about pixels. So if RGB tape or dumb tape is you know, where you wire up the strand and the whole strand is able to be one color and change that one color, but you can't change individual um, LEDs, then pixel tape is just the opposite, okay? Pixel tape, you're able to control each individual LED um, individually, and that's awesome. And the way that these work is, is really a lot like a regular DMX light, though they use different protocols um, WS2812 or 2811 is a very popular one. And what these do is they have a little microchip on them. That means that basically you wire them up. You make sure, usually within one plug, that you provide a constant source of power to these lights. And uh, usually DC 12, 5, or 24 volt. And you provide a data signal. And then they have power and data and they're able to control, they're able to be changed individually, okay? And so this Pixel products, you know, just like the regular products, can, can be a tape type product. It can be a, a dot or a node type product, as it's often called, where each pixel is, is individual on a piece of wire and they're all connected together by wires. Um, there's, there's a ton of options out there. There's, there's Pixel modules that are kind of, popular um, on storefronts and stuff like that. There's there's a ton of options when you're talking about pixels. Really, again, it's just limited to the imagination of the, the uh, manufacturer because at the end of the day, what makes a pixel a pixel is that it's some LEDs that you power and send data to, and they have a microchip right there in with the LEDs that does the addressing it and allows you to control it individually. So I'll link to a post um, on on this part of the podcast um, called uh, How Do I Get Started with LED Tape and Pixels? And it will make sure we link to that in the show notes right here. Um, but so once you've got your 
tape. And we'll talk about cost in a minute. But once you've got your, your RGB tape or your pixel tape, um, how, how do you make it work? You know, can you just plug this stuff straight into the DMX jack on your lighting console? Um, no, you, you can't do that. So um, what you need, you need a couple things in the middle. So basically, instead of like a regular DMX light, which you're literally just taking in, plugging it into the wall and plugging in DMX signal, you've got to do everything that that light does. So you've got to provide the ability to translate, you know, the voltage, the the electricity that these that these LEDs get and then have that translate to be able to control by DMX and, and constant power from the wall. So what do you need to make these work? Well, one thing you need is a decoder or driver. And I kind of talked about this in the previous bit because a decoder is the word that we often use with RGB LED tape with that dumb tape. And what it does is it just brings in power. It may have a power supply on board or you may add one externally. And, um, and then it dims that up and down using a technique called pulse width modulation usually, which just means that it flashes really fast to dim the LEDs. And if the LEDs are, are brighter, it flashes very, very fast. And if the LEDs are dimmer, it flashes not quite as fast and it looks dimmer. And that's how LEDs work. So that's, that's what you do when you're working with, with dumb or, or RGB tape. Um, and, and you're going to need power supplies there too. But if you're working with pixels, you're going to use what's called a pixel driver or pixel controller. Okay. And so these guys, you know, are a little bit different because instead of providing power and dimming that to the LEDs, they're actually going ahead and they're taking your DMX signal from your lighting console, usually a networked DMX signal, um, Artnet or SACN because of the sheer number of channels that you're going to use up with some pixels. Um, you know, if you think about it, you take 100 pixels, you could fit those into a pretty tight space, but that's 300 DMX channels. So, you know, a whole DMX universe is um, about 170 pixels. And so if you start to get into pixels, you realize that running network DMX um, usually makes the most sense because you're just going to have a lot of, of channels to work with. But Regardless, the pixel driver or pixel controller, as they're sometimes called, uh, converts that network DMX to the type of signal that the little microchips, the IC, on the pixel actually talks, okay? And so, like I said, WS2811 or 12 or 13 or whatever version they're up to um, is, is a very popular one. There's other protocols as well, and the, the really the key here is not like, you know, is one protocol better than the other, et cetera, because there are differences. They're fairly subtle. But the biggest important part here, especially when you're buying something, is does my driver talk the same language as my uh, my pixels? And as long as they talk the same language, you're going to be great. OK, just make sure about that and uh, you'll be good. And so, you know, you'll need that. Like I said, you'll need the pixels. OK, or the RGB tape. You'll need the decoder for the RGB tape or a driver for the pixel tape, and then you'll need power supplies. So as I, I talked about earlier a little bit, the, the big difference between pixels and that regular tape is that they get power and data somewhat separately. And that's really going to show itself with 
the power part because while the data for the pixels can go through and you can control a whole number of pixels out of the output of your, your pixel driver, um, that's going to be dependent on the specific driver you have, but it could be up to 680 or more pixels, okay? And, and while you can go ahead and you're able to go ahead and drive that many pixels off of one pixel driver, the power is not going to all work from that start point, okay? What do I mean by that? Well, you know, these LEDs, especially when you're working with LED tape, but also with individual LED pixels, um, they don't have thick wire between them. And they also run at a, a fairly low voltage, you know, 5 volt, 12 volt, or 24 volt. Um, 5 volt and 12 volt is the most popular stuff you can find out there. And I recommend generally going with 12 volt as much as you can because as you know, this voltage, as this DC voltage runs along your pixels, okay, it's going to lose voltage. And, you know, when you're working with AC, with, with wall power here in the U.S., you've got 120 volts and you lose, you know, two, three volts. It's not detrimental. In fact, pretty much any gear you run is not going to notice. But with DC, when you're at 12 volt and you're running along this wire and you lose three volts, Suddenly, that's detrimental. Suddenly, your voltage is, is too low for your pixels to have enough power to run. So we're going to need additional power supplies. So not only do you generally power the LEDs starting at the power supply and starting at the front of that strip, but you're also going to add in more power later. You'll, you'll break the positive power and, and connect in new power you know, at various points of the strip, maybe at the start and end, etc. It's it's really the whole, this is called power injection. And the exact how-to as to what you're going to do in your specific situation is going to depend heavily on what your design is and, and how you want it to look, how long your strings are, the voltage, etc. Um, whether you can power them at both ends of the strip or just one end in the middle, etc. There's, there's a lot that goes into that, but in general, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to just power them at the pixel controller when you're working with pixels and expect that power to go through all of your lights. Um, it's just not going to happen, okay? And um, then the last thing you're going to need is a console or media server. And we're going to talk about that more in the future, but um, in, the, in the next episode, which is in two episodes, the second uh, main segment part for this, but... Um, just know that even if your lighting console can run all of your LEDs, has enough channels to do it, it, it may or may not be the thing that makes the most sense for you. And it may or may not be as cost-effective and time-effective as running them from a separate media server, okay? And we'll, we'll talk more about that in the next episode, but but just want to plant that in your mind there. And um, also, when you're thinking about, you know, driving your LED drivers, your pixel controllers, your stuff like that, um, the other thing that you're going to be thinking about is, do I need to run these off regular DMX, you know, DMX 3 or 5 pin jack, or are these going to run off networked DMX? Because when you go buy your pixel driver, your controller, your DMX decoder, um, you're going to be buying one that either runs off of direct DMX or runs off of networked DMX. Now, as I mentioned before, with pixels, you start to get into a lot of channels. So you're going to want to run those off network DMX whenever possible. 
Sometimes a situation comes up. You know, I had a, a Learn Stage Lighting Labs member not long ago who had a situation where, you know, they had a console in place. They wanted to just run it off that console. And so they ended up going with a um, regular DMX, you know, pixel control. And and that was fine. You know, they, they the console was already bought, so it worked for them. But a lot of the time we're going to do networked DMX. So what about cost? All right, so I've talked so far about the different types of tape, the, the RGB or the constant voltage tape versus pixels. And, you know, it, it should be pretty obvious if you've looked at this stuff or thought a little bit about it or you've been listening here, it should be pretty obvious that um, going with the pixels is way cooler and, and generally better. You can do more with it because obviously when you can control each individual fixture or each individual pixel rather, um, you can make all of the pixels the same color, but you don't have to. And, and, but with the constant voltage tape, you know, you're stuck with each string um, only being able to, to have the whole thing one color. You can't get that individual control. So cost is the next big thing of the equation, right? You might be saying, well, you know, I probably can't afford pixels, so I'll do the lesser. And that's not always the case. In fact, now more than ever, um, pixels are really cost effective. So at the time that I'm recording this, which is late 2018, the, the only main cost difference between pixels and regular stuff is in the drivers, okay, and, and the control via your lighting console. The actual LEDs themselves, there really isn't a big cost difference. Pixels cost a little bit more at this point, but not a lot more. And really the cost difference comes that the controllers that you're buying are going to cost a good bit more, a little bit more, but... You know, I, I, my recommendation to you, especially if you're crunching the cost on this, is see if there's any way that you can do it via Pixel, okay? Because for the long run, for the future, you know, this is what is going to be used more and it's and it's going to look the best. And, you know, keep in mind as well that while the individual Pixels or the tape might be something that you buy, use for a little while, use for a few years, and then replace, the controllers you buy are going to be with you for a long time, okay? Because there's something that you're able to use as you reconfigure this tape, add, subtract, or, or pixels, and, and you're able to, to reconfigure that as much as possible. Um, you can totally use it over and over and over again, and that's what makes this stuff really powerful. And so while I don't want to, you know, go into, dive into exact numbers here, um, just purely because I want this to be fairly timeless, you know, at, at this point in late 2018, pixels are are not that much more expensive than regular tape. And, and in my mind, for most situations, it's the way that you should really aim for going. If you're going to do this, I wouldn't cheap out and do that regular tape um, unless, you know, the cost is going to be astronomical on the console level. Okay, we'll talk a little bit more about this next time. But, but I generally am recommending most of the time now that if somebody wants to do an LED design, you know, go with the pixels because there's so much more you can do and it only costs a little bit more, okay? So in the next episode, we're going to cover design considerations, talk about kind of different types of diffusions you can do and some stuff like that. And we're also going to talk about the pros and cons of using a media server versus a lighting console. So using some sort of standalone piece of software that your lighting console may control versus using your console 
using the console itself. Okay, so we're going to talk about all that on the next uh, episode in two episodes, because the next episode will be Q&A, but then episode 47, which will come out on 1-1-2019, we're going to talk about those things as well. Now, if this has intrigued you, um, be sure to check out the show notes and the posts that I've recommended, but also be sure to check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs, because inside there, I've got an action plan, a complete video guide called Custom LED Design 101, where a lot of the stuff I've talked through here is, is worked on. Uh, you know, I, I explain it all via video, show you how to do it, and give you everything you need, plus the support in our forums to bring everything together. Um, and I think that's a big piece of it because I've had multiple people go through the course and, uh, you know, come up with some great, really cool pixel designs. And then the forums are just so helpful because... This stuff is a bit complicated. And as I mentioned before, every pixel project is kind of a custom thing. And the exact gear choices that you make and that you use for a pixel project, um, you know, they're really going to vary depending on exactly what the project is and how you wire it and how you do the power and stuff like that really is going to vary, you know, depending on the needs of the project and what you're trying to make it look like. And so I'm able to jump in there and, you know, look at your designs and, you know, make suggestions, help you to to really be able to make the project the best it can be and to help you do it in the most efficient way possible, not only in your time, but also in your wiring, et cetera. And of course, the cost. So be sure to check that out. Learn stagelighting.com slash labs to learn more about the labs. And uh, I'd love for you to check that out. Now, in closing, um, be sure to get the show notes over at learnstagelighting.com slash 045045. Um, wow, I can't believe 45 episodes already. We're almost at a year of this, and it's it's really cool. And um, next week, um, I would love to be able to read some more ratings from you guys. Uh, so go to learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes. If you've been here a little while, if you've listened to more than three episodes, and uh, leave that rating or and review. And then next week... Really excited to be answering your questions. Every other week we do this, and uh, I always love to just open up my inbox. If you do want to send in a question, go to learnstagelighting.com slash contact and send in those questions. Awesome. I hope you're having an awesome holiday season if you're listening to this in real time. I hope you're enjoying the Christmas season and uh, everything that surrounds it. I know I am, and I hope you have a great week. I'll see you here same time, same place next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.